The LA Kings ramp up their preparation for the start of the 2023-24 season, but lose an important piece for a few games. That and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We are six days away from opening night for the Los Angeles Kings and the start of the 2023-24 season. The lineup for the LA Kings got their first real audition this past Tuesday in a preseason home game against the Anaheim Ducks. While this was LA's seventh preseason game so far this year, it was the first real game, I think, for the Kings as far as their main group, uh, having had a few practices under their belt to really implement some of the things that they hope will be the difference in having a very successful season. And, of course, we're focusing mostly on the penalty kill. Uh, The lineup minus one player uh, is probably the lineup we'll see on opening night that we saw this past Tuesday against the Ducks. And the Kings did pass that audition convincingly with a 4-1 win over the Ducks, as they should. Uh, The Kings uh, should be a much better team than the Ducks who were very, very bad last year and aren't probably going to be much better this season. Uh, That said, I thought it was still a very encouraging first step for this group of Kings to play together again after some practice time. Things got started really early where they met and they immediately left for Australia and all the things that went along with that. Now back home for a week, uh, didn't play together in preseason games for a while got some practice time in. So now I think this game on Tuesday against the Ducks, a lot more indicative of what we're going to see with the LA Kings this season. And so let's focus on what we saw in that game on Tuesday. And we have to start with the Kings penalty kill, which has obviously been a huge focus for the Kings uh, talking about it after the season through the off season. Now uh, we have heard that they have been uh, practicing the new look penalty kill for the last few days. And now this was a chance to get it into game action. Now, the Kings were officially shorthanded three times against the Ducks. They killed off all three of the Anaheim power plays. Uh, Again, now this is a Ducks power play that was without some of their young stars. Trevor Zegras hasn't played in a game yet. He just signed. Mason McTavish, another young star, was out. So the Kings got the job done, and they should get the job done against that penalty kill. Things are going to be much, much different and ramped up way higher when they face the Colorado Avalanche in the regular season opener coming up next week. That said, um, after a few practices, we wanted to get a look and see what the Kings' new-look penalty kill would be like. We saw them on the PK in Australia, but again, they really hadn't had the practice time. So now this was kind of more of the first look of what this penalty kill 
hopes to look like going forward. And I liked what I saw in this first audition, if you will. I thought the Kings penalty kill looked more aggressive on entries. Uh, I thought that they really went after the puck carriers when they brought it into the zone. I think when they were, uh, when the other team had the puck along the wall or in the corners, the Kings looked more aggressive, getting on players, getting on pucks and making it difficult for them to set up their power play to begin with. That said, once the Ducks did set up the power play, the Kings looked like they were going with a one-to-one kind of a setup uh, to where they were uh, basically giving up outside shots and then collapsing around the goaltender once those shots came in to obviously prevent any rebound opportunities and things of that nature. So again, very effective against the Ducks. Again, I like the aggressiveness that I saw uh, against the puck carriers along the boards, in the corners, and we'll see how this setup works to where, again, it looks like they're letting shots go from the outside but collapsing around the goaltender and taking away any second-chance opportunities. Again, it was effective against the Ducks. Going to be a lot more talent uh, when they take on teams like Colorado, Carolina, uh, obviously Edmonton, Vegas, things like that. But I did see some new things. I did like what I saw, but it's just a first kind of baby step for the LA Kings penalty kill, and we'll see how it goes going forward. Um, As far as the rest of what I saw with the Kings, um, and again, taking penalties is certainly something to have a focus because when you have a penalty kill that's looking to be better, the best way to to avoid getting power play goals scored against you is to stay out of the box. Um, Kevin Fiala did have his typical bad penalty and unnecessary slash um, obviously the Ducks didn't score on that. And Arthur Kaliev did take a couple of bad penalties, and one of them we will talk much more about coming up in just a bit. Uh, what about the third pairing on defense? For the game on Tuesday against the Ducks, it was Andreas England on the left side, Jordan Spence on the right side, and I thought both continued to look solid, and I wouldn't be shocked if they are the opening pair on the third line on opening night. Uh, I continue to be impressed by Andreas England, and I was kind of not looking to be impressed by him, to be honest with you. I've been looking for Tobias Bjornfoot to win that job, and you can even say I've been rooting for him to win that job because he's a former first-round pick, and I I want him to uh, obviously be uh, something that can grow. And you know, uh, when you spend a first-round pick on a player, you want that player to hit. But bottom line is, by what I've seen so far, I think Andreas England has been a much better player this preseason than Tobias Bjornfoot. Again, he's big, he's physical, fundamentally sound. He's not a great puck mover, um, doesn't give you much offensively, but basically um, he gets the job done with what they're really calling on him to do, and that is to be a physical presence and play good, solid defense. I know a lot of Kings fans have been harping on the fact that the Kings are not big enough, not physical enough. Well, they've gotten bigger and stronger and more physical Going into this season, when you add a guy like an Andreas England, if he does make the final roster, Vladislav Gavrikov for a full season is a bigger, stronger guy, and Pierre-Luc Dubois is bigger and stronger. So the Kings have gotten bigger and stronger in the offseason, certainly from where they were at this time a year ago. As for England, uh, had some more big hits in this game, uh, had a big hit that caused the turnover in the first period, led to the Kings getting possession and eventually a shot on goal. Uh, He was credited with a team-high five hits in this game. And by the way, for those that are curious, um, we haven't seen it from him so far uh, as a king, but he is a guy who can drop the gloves. Uh, it's not he's I wouldn't necessarily call him a fighter, uh, but he can fill that role if necessary. He has had several fighting majors over his career 
both in the NHL and in the AHL. So that's a, that's a role he can play if called upon. He is a big, strong guy. And as fighters are in the NHL uh, these days, he can fill that role. Uh, Jordan Spence, as I mentioned, I thought looked very solid, moved the puck well, reliable in his own zone. He did have one turnover that did lead to a shot on goal, uh, but that was about it. Um, I, I love his shot first mentality. He is uh, not afraid to pull the trigger from the point at any point at any time, whether it's five on five or on the power play. I, I love that. He's not as creative with the puck as Brant Clark, but still um, a very solid offensive defense defenseman. And uh, really, you know, for a third pairing guy, definitely an asset out there, I think. Um, so Jordan Spence uh, played well. Neither of uh, the duo of England or Spence had a point, but they were both a plus one. And I saw nothing from either player that would say to me that they have hurt their chances to be in the positions that they want to be in for the start of the regular season. So I think Andreas England continues to surprise me and look very, very good. And if it is Jordan Spence over Brant Clark, um, I would be okay with that. I Again, I still think Brant Clark is going to be the better player. He has the more upside. And, you know, if I had my choice, based on what I've seen so far, I would go with Brant Clark. But again, if it is Jordan Spence, I'm okay with that. Uh, as for Pierre-Luc Dubois, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. Uh, also, we're going to get more into uh, the Kings losing a player for a couple of games. That's coming up next here on... Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including point spreads, player prompts, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, P.L. Dubois, uh, and I am continued to be encouraged by what I see with the Kings' big offseason acquisition. Thought he looked much more comfortable in this game against the Ducks. Uh, he wasn't deferring to teammates. He did have one good scoring chance early where he passed it off to Kevin Fiala. But after that, I thought he took the puck to the net strong twice, had one really good scoring chance where he was he picked a corner and just missed it. He looked smooth and strong with the puck on his stick. He is creative and patient. Uh, had one assist on a Kevin Fiala wraparound goal and had five shots on goal. Uh, it was pointed out on the broadcast that P.L. Dubois led Winnipeg in penalty minutes last season. Didn't take a penalty in this game. And I think maybe just by memory, maybe he's taken one penalty so far this preseason. So in three preseason games, uh, I have not seen him taking any dumb or bad penalties, which we have heard has been part of his past in Winnipeg and Columbus. But so far, I haven't seen it. I think the only downside for Dubois was 30% success in the faceoff circle. But so far, I am liking what I am seeing from P.L. Dubois. Cam Talbot, now 2-0 in net as an L.A. King. Uh, to be fair, he wasn't really busy in this game at all. Just 15 total saves. Uh, there were six shots on goal in the first period, eight in the second, and just two in the third by the Ducks. So again, not very active in this one. The lone goal that he gave up went off Mikey Anderson's skate, who had turned it over in the King zone led to an odd man rush and then eventually deflected off him. So not a soft goal at all 
by Cam Talbot. Just an all-around solid effort for Cam. Uh, I have seen nothing from him so far in two preseason starts with the LA Kings that would say uh, that he won't be the opening night starter for the Kings, but that remains to be seen. I did enjoy the uh, the Ron Burgundy mask that he has. Obviously, actor Will Ferrell is a huge LA Kings fan, so uh, I, I got to at some point, right? They got to get together and meet, and maybe uh, maybe Will Ferrell autographs his mask or something. But as, as uh, Anchorman's one of my favorites, so. Very cool mask from Cam Talbot with the uh, Ron Burgundy. I did want to point out, is it me? And again, I know it's just one preseason game or just a collection of preseason games, but does Quentin Byfield look much more strong on his skates? Last year, it seemed like every time he'd go flying in the zone, he'd always like lose an edge and fall in the corner. Uh, he looked really strong on his skates in this game. And I thought just all around looked more confident. I mentioned looked stronger. Uh, he drew a hooking call in the game just because of his hustle and uh, created a few turnovers. So I thought I thought Quentin Byfield looked really good in this game, just encouraging, taking steps to get better. And overall, good balance scoring by the Kings in this one. They controlled this game pretty much from the start, dominated the first period. Uh, the fourth line chipped in with a couple of goals, Carl Grundstrom and Blake Lazat, each having goals. Adrian Kempe scored, I believe, his fifth of the preseason uh, on the power play and Kevin Fiala had a goal as well. So all in all, I think it's continued to be a solid preseason for the Kings. They're now five, one and one for what that's worth. No injuries also to report, which is huge. And I'm very happy about that. But the Kings, unfortunately from this game are going to lose an important piece going forward. Arthur Kaliev, uh, we found out today gets a four game suspension from the NHL for a kneeing penalty that he had in this game against the Ducks in the second period. In the game, he got called for a two-minute minor, uh, did not get a major, did not get a game misconduct. Um, and so he's going to miss the season opener against the Avalanche and the second game of the season against the Carolina Hurricanes, in addition to the remaining two preseason games. Um, the kneeing incident happened on Anaheim's Chase DeLeo. Um, this was Kaliev retaliating, frankly, for a hit he took that knocked him on his butt. He got up. He was upset, wanted to get retribution. Chase DeLeo happened to be in his way, and he went in on him hard and stuck his knee out. So Kaliev going to be missing the first two games of the season. And the four-game suspension is, in my mind, excessive. Now, granted, Chase DeLeo did get hurt on the play, didn't return, and we found out today that he suffered an MCL sprain in his knee and is going to miss eight weeks. So you could argue from the standpoint of the injury that was caused, that two games maybe is even light. But if you follow the NHL at all and their Department of Player Safety, uh, this is excessive based on the history of what the Department of Player Safety normally does. Um, now, did Arthur Kaliev stick his knee out? Yes. Was it a penalty? Yes. Did he deserve a suspension? Sure. Four games based on what the NHL normally does? No way. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not happy uh, that Chase DeLeo got hurt, and I understand why Ducks fans would be upset about that, but I'm sorry. Just based on what the NHL has traditionally done, four games is excessive. Arthur Kaliev has no history with the Department of Player Safety. As far as I know, he's never been fined or suspended before. He's, he's not a repeat offender. And usually the NHL, even in situations where uh, another player has received a significant injury. 
They don't hand out four or five game suspensions for that for first time offenders. They just don't. Now you could say that's wrong. You could say that the NHL Department of Player Safety needs to be tougher on crime. And I'm not even against that, but be consistent. And they're not. And they do this over and over again. Matthew Kachuk, who is a repeat offender, got a two-game suspension for sticking his stick intentionally into the mask of Jonathan Quick last year. Two games for that, for intentionally trying to injure someone. Uh, Last year, there were 25 suspensions in the NHL. You know how many of them were longer than two games? Five of them. And they were, they were just three games suspensions. 20 of the 25 suspensions the NHL handed out last year were two games or less. And this gets a four-game suspension for a player who has no history of suspensions? That, that's ridiculous. And I don't, I've not heard anything, and I do a weekly NHL podcast where I cover the entire league. I cover the league news, the puck podcast. There's been no emphasis told by teams that there's going to be a stronger crackdown on things this year. So this seems to me to come out of nowhere. I don't get it. Uh, I think it's excessive. Again, if the NHL wants to make this precedent and say penalties like this that create an injury are going to get four games going forward, okay, I'll be surprised that that's the case. And I don't have an explanation for why they've done this. Um, and and people have said, well, it's preseason, so you don't, you know, you could say, you could argue that he actually is getting a two-game suspension because it's two regular season games. Again, that has not been what the NHL has done in their history. Last year, they handed out suspensions in the preseason, and those suspensions did not include any regular season games being lost. They were both two-game suspensions. So I don't get this. Um, again, I'm not trying to defend that what Arthur Kaliev did was right. I understand that he needs to be punished for doing something that was over the line, and I don't have a problem with that. But again, based on what the NHL does traditionally in these cases, this is double what they normally hand out, and I don't get it. I don't understand why. I know it caused an injury, but again, there's no precedent for this. So uh, I I think it's excessive. I absolutely do. So how is this going to affect the Kings for the first two games of the regular season? Well, obviously, they'll have to find another winger to play along with the Dubois line and Kevin Fiala. Um, They've got a couple of preseason games to figure it out. We'll see who's in the lineup tonight in the preseason game against the Sharks. Uh, You've got Alex LaFerriere and Alex Turcotte on the roster who could play wing. I think LaFerriere is the natural um, winger, right winger on this one. Um, I don't see the Kings moving Carl Grundstrom up from the fourth line to the third line. I know that Austin Stanovich uh, reported, and by the way, uh, from the Hockey News, congratulations, Austin, on your uh, new gig. I reported that uh, Trevor Moore was taking reps on the Kings' second power play unit in place of Kaliev, and he also reported this morning that LaFerriere was wearing a gray jersey with the other top nine forwards, so that would seem to be an indication that it will be LaFerriere tonight getting the call to uh, get the first opportunity to see if he can be the man called on to replace Arthur Kalia for opening night and the first two games in the regular season. So again, that's the situation with Arthur Kaliev. Uh, it's again, I thought it was excessive, but the Kings are going to have to deal with it going forward. Now there, there is Kaliev could appeal the suspension. That's within his rights. The uh, NHLPA could certainly do that. And as a matter of fact, based on the, the evidence I just told you about the, all the suspensions they handed out last year, I think they got a pretty good case for it being reduced, frankly. But 
the again, the reputation the NHL has is when players appeal these things, uh, they take so long to have the appeals be heard that usually the two games are already passed by the time they hear the evidence and then make a ruling. So I don't even know if it would be worth Arthur Kaliev's efforts to appeal the suspension. So most likely it will look like the LA Kings will have to deal without Arthur Kaliev for the first two games of the regular season. Coming up next, I'm going to call out the Kings for doing something that I don't like and I think a lot of fans will not like as well. That's next on Lockdown LA Kings, your team every day. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you wish that you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so the LA Kings have done something that uh, I'm not too happy about, and I want to give a shout-out to LA Kings Steve on the site formerly known as Twitter. He is uh, he is my brother from another mother. Uh, I, I happened to be on Twitter, I think it was last year, maybe the, the year before, and I saw some tweets from this guy, Steve, and uh, I happened to check out his profile, and I saw that not only was he a Kings fan, but he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan like me. He's a Star Wars nerd like me, and he loves hockey jerseys like me. And I said, this is a guy I got to follow and I maybe even reach out to him. And uh, sure enough, we followed each other on uh, Twitter and I ended up meeting him last year at a Kings game. Super nice guy. And uh, there, like I said, uh, he and I have a lot in common. Uh, but one of those things is hockey jerseys. I, I'm a big hockey jersey collector. I've got over a dozen different LA Kings jerseys. A lot of them are authentic jerseys. A lot of them are autographed by the player. Um, and so I love hockey jerseys. I'm, I wear a lot of them when I record this show. If you watch on YouTube, you know that. I, I need to find some way to justify the money I paid for all of them as well. So I, I wear them as my, some of my wardrobe uh, on this show. But uh, at LA King Steve tweeted out a picture that uh, I was not pleased to see. Apparently, the LA Kings are selling jerseys to fans to wear. And those jerseys have an ad on them. Now we we've mentioned this before a couple of times, and this is new to the NHL recent over recent uh, times. They've started to sell ads on the helmet and on the Jersey. And I don't have a problem with that. If they want to make an extra buck, we're seeing this in other sports as well. The NBA has done this. Major league baseball has done this. The NFL will be doing this soon. They do it on their practice jerseys, but not on their game jerseys. So fine. This is, this is just the way it's going. I hope it never gets to be where it's like in Europe where you don't even have a real uniform. It's just a piece of equipment that you can stuff as many ads on as possible. It's like a car in NASCAR. So anyway, the Kings are sponsored by Mercury Insurance this year. They've got a small patch on their jerseys, Mercury Insurance. Fine. They've put this on the jerseys as well that they are selling to fans in the Team LA store. No, that's not cool. Mercury Insurance isn't paying me a dime 
to advertise their product. The Kings are making this money, not me. I don't want that on my jersey. And you're talking about someone who loves the Kings and who loves hockey jerseys and is saying, I am not buying this. I'm not. Now, I'm sure the Kings work this into the deal with Mercury Insurance to get a little extra money. Oh, we'll put these on the, the jerseys the fans get as well. And uh, maybe that'll that'll offset for the lack of jersey sales they're going to make because I got to believe, and maybe it's just me, maybe I'm weird, uh, but I don't like this. I don't want an ad on the jersey I'm going to wear as a fan. It's, it's probably going to change every year as well. So I just, I don't think this is cool. I know it's not a big deal and it's probably just one of those things that maybe irritates me and a few other people, but I'm not buying one of these jerseys with the ad on it. I'm not. Uh, so... If you're if you're alienating someone who loves your team and who loves hockey jerseys and is saying I'm not buying one of these because there's an ad on it, then maybe it's not a maybe it's not a great idea. And it's nothing against Mercury Insurance. It doesn't matter who the advertiser is. It could be Diet Sunkist, which I drink way too much of and love. I still wouldn't want that on my jersey. So the Kings may be getting a little extra cash out of this, but uh and maybe it's just me, but not a fan of that if you're you know if you're a fan and you just i gotta get that new pierre luke dubois jersey and you're willing to put up with it then i guess okay but i'm not doing it i don't like it and uh i will not be buying a jersey with a mercury insurance patch on it for what it's worth for you everydayers those of you that listen and watch every day coming up on friday's show we will recap tonight's preseason game against the sharks in salt lake city and by the way you can catch all the action of that game on Sirius XM on the SXM app, the Kings hometown broadcast for every game this year. So check that out. Uh, but we will recap on Friday's show what we saw in the game against San Jose. Obviously, if it's Alex Laferriere or whoever is filling in for Arthur Callie, we'll have a spotlight on them, see how they looked, continue to look at the power, uh, the penalty kill, continue to check out what's going on with that third pairing. Maybe we'll see Tobias Bjornfoot and Brant Clark in tonight's game. All those things we'll talk about on tomorrow's show. And of course, it's always a Friday fan feedback show. Your questions, your comments about anything going on with the Kings, uh, the loss of Samuel Fagimo this week, the Arthur Cali of suspension, the new look penalty kill, anything that's on your mind. Uh, we'll take your questions and comments on that show coming up tomorrow with the Kings Friday fan feedback show. You can send an email if you want. There's still time. Locked on Eddie at gmail.com, E D D I E. And you can always post your comments if you're watching on YouTube in the comments section below as well. We'd love for you to stay interactive with the show 24 7, following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked On LA Kings. And also teasing something for next week. Fingers crossed, I have reached out to Kings longtime Hall of Fame broadcaster Nick Nixon, who's now on the radio and the TV calls this year. Uh, he said he is definitely interested in joining us. Uh, on, a, on an upcoming show. Hopefully, it'll be right before the season opener coming up next Wednesday, um, but we still have to coordinate that. But good news, Nick Nixon is on board with joining Locked on LA Kings. I'm really excited about that, so hopefully that will happen before the season opener as the new voice on radio and TV, Nick Nixon, is going to be joining us here in the near future on Locked on LA Kings. Very excited about that. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We will talk to you on Friday. And as always, go Kings go.